Of the living thief. Hello and welcome to this week's Giant Sword Podcast. I'm your party leader, Nick Lind. To my side are my noble and hairy are Taylor Hoyt. Does anybody have any apple gels? Yes, and Connor White. Uh, what's up from my fortified compound in San Francisco? What's going on? Yeah, you're in still at school because school is crazy right now, right? That's right, sir, as usual. But on to things that are actually interesting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how are you guys been been this week? Uh, pretty good. Getting well, uh, it's perfect gaming weather. It's finally fall now in California. It was it was overcast today. It rained. It's officially is, time to get to get cozy. For anyone who's been living under a rock, that's absolutely monumental. So, especially since it's the beginning of October and it's already has a rain, like some well, rain. That's crazy. Either that or now it's just going to be dry as all hell for the rest of the winter. Just troll us. Just gone, yeah. Mm. No more clouds, just blue skies. Don't rule it out, Californians. Exactly. Yeah, I don't think that's anything we've ever like really talked about on the show because we haven't really started. We didn't do any recordings while the weather was like this. But for those, for our fellow listeners, this is like our favorite time to play games. Like when it, I don't know, there's like memories tied up in there. Like when we were little, it's that was always when the games came out and uh, when it was overcast and you just open your window up and it's raining outside. Like ah, oh, it's time to dig in an RPG. It's also because we're kids right. and we can't play outside when it's raining, so we play video games. Exactly, because, I mean, naturally, when we were kids, uh, when it was sunny out, we were tearing shit up outdoors, like, and making people piss, and infuriating neighbors and whatnot, and so, uh, yeah, naturally, the, the times when we got to, uh, the most heavy gaming hours, it was in the, uh, overcast months, so, exactly. welcome it every year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it brings back lots of good memories. Yeah, too bad it hasn't been, like, extremely rainy for the past few years, because, of the California drought, but hopefully it's turning the tide this year. Yeah, but who knows, man. Anyways, let's uh, let's get on to the news, my good man. All right, yeah, Taylor, let's you talk about the four from software news. Yeah, so uh, I think by the time this episode comes out, this news might not be you know hot off the presses or anything like that. But for our uh, you know. For our hosts here and for anybody listening, I think this might be uh, some relevant information. But basically, um, I think so, uh, an interview came out of Tokyo uh, Game Show. And uh, the president of From Software, uh, Hidadeki Miyazaki, I think that's, that's how was, you say his name, uh, who Good directed trusted. Bloodborne and Dark Souls 1 and 3 and blah, blah, blah. Uh, he was asked, like, so what are you guys working on next? Like, they've officially said they don't want to do any more Dark Souls. And... Um, in not as many words, he basically tried to hint at what their next couple projects were in. Without um, saying them straight up, right? R- right. Um, and he more or less hinted at something with robots. And I know Nick and mm-hmm. Connor are giant Armored Core fans. Not necessarily a JRPG, but I think uh, you guys will be excited about that nonetheless. Hopefully they... Girl, don't play with my feelings. That That is probably their next game, is my guess. Or you know what? what? To me, this may be a JRPG podcast, but I would just... 
irrationally say that in my heart, Armored Core is spiritually a JRPG. <laughs> Falls in that line of special games in your heart type of thing. I don't know. It just has that, that feel in the heart. Sure. Absolutely. Um, Anyways. And then they also, he also said um, they have another game they're working on that would fall in line with fans' expectations, which um, a, a lot of people are theorizing is basically going to be Bloodborne 2. Because they said they're not going to do any more Dark Souls or any straight-up Souls games, so that's kind of what people would expect for them to do next would be a Bloodborne 2. Or they're well, hey, Taylor, way back at the end of uh, 2015, for those who don't know, Taylor picked Bloodborne as his game of the year. So Exactly. I'd be so hyped for another Bloodborne. Or just a double confirmation for Armored Core, because you know you expect from software to do that. That could also very well be. And then well, they said... Um, Hang on, I don't want to harp on this too long, but like, what makes uh, Bloodborne so different from Dark Souls to you, Taylor? Um, well, for me, you know, I like I love survival horror games, and like the setting of this game, it's like a this gothic town. It's kind of got a also like a, a Cthulhu esque vibe to it. Like, um, yeah, it's just you mean like kind of Lovecraftian. Lovecraft, thank you, thank you. Um, yeah. I'm an English major. Exactly. <laughs> no, it's just got a like a foreboding atmosphere like uh, like traditional dark souls games are you know like medieval like uh swords and shield and dragons and stuff like that but with bloodborne it's like you go to a town there's like zombies and stuff like that and then um like the bosses are like these ghoulish creatures like skeletons with like just hunks of flesh hanging off their bones and like i don't know it reminds me of halloween almost like just these like intensely atmospheric like this force with these lanterns every once in a while i don't know just look the the atmosphere was way better and it plays way faster than dark souls like dark souls is traditionally a uh, a game where you are kind of blocking and you just look for the right opportunity to attack but uh with bloodborne the game is all about like going after them with as much offense as possible and there's a little more frantic exactly and and the the reason why is they've even built mechanics into the game to do that so for example when you get attacked, there is a few second window that if you attack the enemy back immediately, you you can basically leech that life back. So it really encourages like f- like frenetic, fast attacking and stuff like that. So you can cover up the mistakes that in Dark Souls would just cause you to get your face lopped off. Pretty much. <laughs> All right, I think I got it. Yeah. So faster, better atmosphere, or better theme. So those those are basically the two uh, reasons I I prefer it over Dark Souls. Gotcha. Um, as as you know, I'm an outsider of the genre, so I, I don't know. I always thought of them as like very kindred, which I guess they are, but I just you know that's oh, good to know. Okay. Yeah, the framework is very similar. Um, but then yeah, then they said there's a third game that that, that he more or less said would be very weird and and outside of their wheelhouse. So, so a lot of people are like, are they gonna make like a first person shooter or something crazy? So They're making a JRPG, like a tradition. <laughs> That'd be really funny if they made like a really happy, fun JRPG. That'd be really funny. <laughs> Just like something really crazy. Down. Um, yeah, because I mean, like even the, arm- the armored core games, like you know, it's like it's not like a gory game per se or scary, but like the subject matter of those games is like pretty dark, like dark and evil. Like it's the world in armored core games is fucked up, like real bad. So I don't know. It's like to make to see them make like a really happy, funny game like that would be like so great. <laughs> I would be so about it. Yeah, that'd be exciting. So. Anyway, a little I mean, bit. That's, some... that's actually just, uh, of course, a wild guess, but nonetheless. Yeah, who knows? Um, we'll find out in the coming years. We'll see. But yeah, a little something for you guys, a little something for me. Very exciting stuff. Um, yeah, because you always think that Bloodborne is like a JRPG to you. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a RPG from Japan. I mean, it, traditionally, it's not like a Final Fantasy or anything like that. But, you know, it is an RPG. You have stats. You level up. There's a lot of exploring. Um, good combat. So, And the, the, the story is very much... Um, more environmental than like overt. You're not, you don't go to like have these big story moments with character interactions or anything like that. So you have to kind of mm-hmm. dig for a story, but it's really not about that. It's more about, uh, the intense combat. Um, but anyway, yeah, th- this next bit of news, I'm, I, I'm going to have to have Nick help me out a little bit, but basically there is, um, some kind of surprising news out of Square Enix that a, one of their longtime, uh, art directors had, uh, left the company in early September. And uh, he had just now kind of come out and started talking about it now that Final Fantasy 15 is kind of nearing its completion. Um, and Nick, can you give me his name and the games he has art directed on? I'm going to butcher his name. Uh-huh. Uh, it's Yusuke Naura. Naura? Yeah, I think okay. that's how I say it. Forgive us, but we are but humble Western men. I cannot <laughs> say, I, I, just, I cannot <laughs> say that, that Japanese name. Yeah. It's that, like, stuff like, like, N-A-O. Hey, if I had it in front of me, I'd, I would sway it. You know that. Yeah, well, you're an Englishman. He's <laughs> <laughs> a scholar uh, of linguistics. Hey, I was, I was bringing that up ironically in a douchey fashion. Man. I don't, <laughs> that's not something I run around saying. You don't paint me like that. <laughs> I'm an English major. Everybody calm down. I uh, have a degree in reading books. I'm very important. <laughs> yeah, totally right. All um, right, uh, but as... Um, the games, the most like I think his most famous games he's worked on, is uh, Final Fantasy VI, seven, eight, ten, eleven, before Crisis Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy VII Advent Children, Dirge of Cerberus Final Fantasy VII, Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII, Jeez. Type Zero, and he's when he worked on fifteen. So he looks. You like, know, I wasn't I wasn't sold on him until you said Dirge of Cerberus, and I was like, all right, I'm in. That put him over the top. That's that's the yeah. one. That's the game. <laughs> I was on the fence, but that just nudged him right over. Looks like he really liked Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, no doubt. They were just like, all right, you've got the vibe of this world. You just go crazy and and direct all that stuff. Um, but yeah, that's that's always kind of sad to hear. You know, like when these longtime veterans of of a company like this just kind of start falling off, and you know. As, as these people start falling off, like obviously Uematsu hasn't done a score to Final Fantasy game in a while. Uh, Sakaguchi hasn't been with the company for a long time. So it's almost this new age of directors. Like te- I feel like Nomura, Tetsui Nomura, and, um, you know, some of these other guys, uh, there's a few like longtime veterans left, but it's almost like a new, you know, new breed of, uh, of talent and, and directors and producers and artists and, and all that stuff. So it, it's sad in a way, but it's also kind of exciting just to see like what can these younger guys bring to the table. But um, do you? Well, it's sorry. Go on. No, I was gonna say, do you have any you know thoughts or anything on that? Well, well, my hope is that like when when there's turnover like that, you just hope that it's gradual and in a way so that whoever comes in like comes into the culture that existed there and like it's maintained more or less by the people around whoever left to you know kind of. Uh, keep it spiritually the way it was before. So you hope that that culture can just be maintained through turnover. Like the, you know, like sports reference, uh, like the San Antonio Spurs who like people cycle in and out and it seems like no matter who they throw on the court, it's always this great tight knit team just because they have a great 
culture surrounding them that like fosters that. So you you just hope that uh, I mean, because we're not in there, all we get is the products that they put on the shelves for us. So right. we can't know what it's like in there, but you just hope that I mean, through the turnover that a, like a a strong culture is maintained where it's like those guys could leave, but their impacts like stay even you know past their departure. Totally, yeah. Um, and it's interesting because I, you know, having having worked on a, a game and knowing what our art director's role was and how impactful and how much he had his hands in so many different things. Um, like you said, you hope that this guy had fostered some proteges or that he shared his his thoughts and how he had done things and whoever comes up next can uh you know can continue that legacy or even you know bring something a little bit new and fresh and it's really interesting to for final fantasy specifically cuz like on the PS1 and the PS2 era I think obviously things couldn't be photorealistic that's not what they were going for they were a little bit more stylized especially with like you know uh mm. like as was their necessity right and and now with 15, it obviously looks a little bit more photorealistic, but you know, like monster designs and, and world feel and stuff like that. I think that's kind of more, uh, what that, what an art director's role would be. So hopefully, um, right. like I said, yeah, there's just some, there's a lot of creative people. I'm, you know, well, yeah, because well, making... I, I, I got two things on that. What were you going to say, Nick? Sorry. They, they are remaking seven and he's not going to be helping. So that's true. I'm pretty sure he has some. Um, Somebody knows what they're doing. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to yeah, f up seven. Exactly. <laughs> they're not just going to bring in some uh, some douche and be like, "Hey, you know, do whatever." Like they ha- they have a contingency plans for this kind of thing, and I'm sure they knew for a long time that he was going. You know, it's like I'm sure he has a ton of fingerprints over it. Although he may be gone while the game is still in development. Sure. Yeah. But uh, anyways, uh, so one thing that's really interesting about art direction for the Final Fantasy series is that, is that just style is such a massive component of the game and the series and like the spirit of it and what makes it good. It's like art direction in some games can kind of fall to second place when like gameplay really takes precedence. But in Final Fantasy, the feel of the world is like, I don't know, 80% of the battle. And so I'm not saying like things are going to be different, but it's just like the, the importance of good art direction cannot be overstated. Totally, yeah. So, yeah, it's sad to hear uh, of his leaving, but, it, you know, it sounded like he just kind of wanted to move on to different challenges. He'd been at Square Enix, Nick said, 24 years or something like yeah, that. 24 years. It's a long time to be anywhere, you know, and in this day and age, well, there aren't really a lot of, um, you know, people that stay with one company their entire career. They kind of reach the pinnacle and then they want to move on and do new challenges. So, not uh, not completely surprising, but at the same time, you know, it's, uh, you know, shifting of the guards, as it were. Yep, dude was making Final Fantasy games and I was pissing in my pampers, so you know, hats <laughs> off. It's got my respect. Um, so I think that's pretty much it for uh, news, unless... Uh, yep, that's pretty much it. Okay. Um, a Cold Steel 2 update. Last last episode, I said that I was on the final boss. And but I thought I, I was. wrong. Uh, yeah, I <laughs> thought I was on the final boss, and because it was totally just, you know, final boss material <laughs> and um no falcom decided to screw with my emotions punch me what? to the ground and uh say hey this big thing happens and then 20 more hours That's of the game jeez so are you joking I, yeah i know i was not joking the 20 more hours after that oh my god so I thought you were gonna say something like the final boss actually had like eighteen different forms, like the final boss from Legend of Dragoon. It just never <laughs> ended. 
<laughs> but it's like literally there's like seven different places and things that he transforms into and by the end you're just like dude like can you just come die on. Come on. yeah exactly. <laughs> you're, just, you're just being a dick at this point yeah <laughs> so I, I was like really like i wanted it at the end and i was like really and then kathleen was like nope that's that's Falcom for you. I'm like, damn it, Falcom. Had she already beaten it? No, she just played a lot of Falcom games, and she says that's like, you know, what they do. Yeah, I mean, who, that was a stupid question. I mean, I don't think anybody's beaten that game before you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just that people aren't playing it. It's just I would be flabbergasted if anyone was more stoked on Trails of Cold Steel than Nick Wynn. Exactly. It's a good game, guys. But yeah, uh, so we're going to bring back... Uh, what, Dale Gunner? I agree. Yeah. So we're going to bring back a segment that we haven't done for a while, the JRPG Beginner's Handbook. Ooh. Yeah. That sound because I totally forgot to think of an answer, but now I'm really excited to make one up on the spot because there's so many good choices. There are. Taylor, do you have an idea? I do, actually. Okay, that's yeah. good. Mm-hmm. So this week's console of choice is the DS, which a lot of people probably don't think of as a JRPG machine. But it totally is. Yeah, like when we were talking about like how the transition from PS2 to PS3 was kind of rough, and there weren't a lot of JRPGs. You're like, where do you where do you go? And I can remember specifically writing an article about this when I used to, you know, write for Blistered Thumbs, and I'm like, they all went to handhelds, and the DS was home to a lot of really great um, JRPGs. I think a lot of it either got overlooked or people just didn't look there for that type of stuff. Um, but there are some really awesome games on that system. I think you guys are a little bit more versed in, as far as JRPGs go. Um, my experience is pretty much limited to the Professor Layton series and a small spattering of RPGs. But, uh, yeah, I'm curious to hear what you guys have to say. Well, that makes it kind of even more interesting to hear from you, actually, because, I don't know, we'll see what you come up with. You have to be scraping the sides of the barrel there, which is totally the opposite for me, so it's kind of funny. I just know that there are a lot of bad JRPG ports. On the DS yeah, as well? There's some questionable ones for sure. Like this guy. Uh. Oh my but god. There's, there's also some fabulous ports. Exactly, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. It's, it's, just, it's, just, it's just funny. Like, like I hear Chrono Trigger is like the definitive port is the DS version for yeah. whatever reason. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's superior to the original. I mean, just for... Uh, I will get into that. Maybe. Maybe. Wink. Well, let's just say <laughs> uh, Chrono Trigger, obviously. Uh, well, I guess I can't pick anymore. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, so, by the way, for anyone who's not familiar, the JRPG Beginner's Handbook segment is where we pick a console and then we suggest a game to you that would be excellent to start with if you're a new JRPG fan, which if you're listening to the podcast, you're probably not. But these are also just great games to play, whether you're a new or old fan. So uh, that being said, should I go first? Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to go. Wait. Hmm. Let me let me set this up. Okay. So, okay. once upon a time, there was a fabulous game that was that was part of a like part of a franchise, but it wasn't in the numbered series, and it took us it took all of our worlds by storm, and we always wanted a sequel to it. But then a sequel did come out, a spiritual sequel on the Game Boy Advance. Now you guys all know what game I'm talking about by now. Yeah. Listen, listeners may be wondering. And we found the sequel to that game underwhelming. And, uh, or at least not underwhelming, or we felt it was so different from the original being on Game Boy Advance or something that we never really even gave it a proper shake, which is surprising considering how much we love the original. And then another sequel to that came out on the DS. And 
it pretty much changed the game for the series. It was like having a new version of the original game, except totally better. Or not totally better, but totally different and awesome in its own way. I'm talking about Final Fantasy Tactics. And then on Game Boy Advance came out Tactics Advance. And then on DS came out Tactics Advance 2, which is my game of choice here. It's one of the best uh, strategy RPGs I've ever played. I mean, short of, like, the original Tactics, pretty much. Probably in second place for that. Wow. And, uh, actually, yeah, I could even give the original Tactics a run for its money, which is crazy to you guys, because I'm, like, the only one who's played it. But either way, like, they basically took the original Tactics engine, which was a bit rigid and kind of not... I don't know. Basically, they just they breathed new life into it. Like it wasn't outdated at the time, but they brought innovations to the system, the original tactic system that like I never would have dreamed of, and basically created this entire new different world for it. And there was this whole new attitude with it too that totally befit being on DS because, like, as a PlayStation game, Final Fantasy Tactics was like serious adult game, you know, very mature. And uh, and then when Tactics Advance came out, all of a sudden it's on Game Boy, which I mean, kind of has, like, Game Boy's kind of thought of as more like a, a kid's toy almost, you know, especially, like, the original Game Boy Advances and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it, it had kind of had, the, like, this childish, you know, more fanciful, lighthearted feel. And then Tactics, Tactics Advance 2 on DS came out, and it kind of took that lighthearted feel but added a bite to it, and some of the most lovable characters I've ever run across in a game, like Luso, the protagonist, he's just... I won't try to describe his personality because it's it's really hard to do that and do it justice, like with any character. But he's just a great a great protagonist, and all the supporting cast is great. And it's one of those games where they really changed up the job class and like added a ton of new jobs, a ton of new abilities, which a lot of times you'd think of as tampering, like with something that was really great. But they just did a bang up job, and like there's tons of changes to the battle system, but they're all great. I'm not going to go into them in detail, especially because it's been a while since I played it, so I can't remember every detail, but basically, Tactics Advance 2 is probably the best JRPG on DS, in my opinion. I feel like I've played a lot of them. Uh, I haven't played Revenant Wings, Final Fantasy XII Revenant Wings on DS yet, but that's on my list. Um, can I pr- yeah, Tactics Advance 2. Can I pry your brain for a question? Yeah, please. I remember when we were when I was talking to you about it, uh, we both came to the, uh, kind of a consensus that uh, the story was not that strong. Uh, in which? The uh, Advance 2. Oh, the, Tactics Advance 2? Yeah, the story wasn't like its strong point. Is that still the... Is that still... Because I played a bit, and I just remember it's like the story was like, you know, so-so where I was. Well, I'm actually... I'm really glad that you brought that up, because that kind of brought back to the forefront of my mind one of the things that I remember being so remarkable about the series, or the game, pardon me, is that, uh, like, it really, it took the story and the plot and was really like, you know what, let's make that, like, 15% of the game. And then they just give you this big world, like, of course it's, like, on a map style, like the original tactics, and you move around plots on a map. It's not like the classic world map where you have an airship or something. Basically, they give you all these bounties and all these different cities with all these quest chains and all these bonuses you can get and this insane treasure collection system where all the like quote unquote loot which is a special like class of items that's like just miscellaneous like materials that monsters drop you sell them to merchants and then like new items appear in the bazaar like really rare and there's just like 
zillions and zillions of pieces of loot that combine to make zillions and zillions of awesome unique weapons that all like give your characters abilities when you equip them. It's like every battle you do, you have the potential of like getting new abilities because monsters are dropping this loot that you sell bizarre. And it's like gets you all these new items. And like that's why I love the abilities from item system, like in this game in Final Fantasy Nine. Is because finding new items is like doubly enjoyable because you get abilities as well as increased stats. Hmm. Oh, I didn't know that that's how that worked. Um one thing I do want to mention, you talked about how, how Luso is likable. I mean, he he must have been likable enough because in the OG Final Fantasy Tactics remake, The War of the Lions, he's like a recruitable character, which I think says something because the original advanced i don't think any of those characters are in the war of the lions if i'm not mistaken right well i think uh march. no wait i guess hmm, never mind yeah it wasn't ramza in the te- original tactics advance it was march but he looked just like ramza from tactics but either way uh yeah Luce was a great character he wa- reminds me a lot of jack russell from radiata stories although that's probably kind of a deep cut reference where he's just <laughs> extremely headstrong like to a fault but it's just but with the heart of gold, like it's a bit of a trope, but the way he pulls it off, he like you really, he's he's legitimate. He feels like a, a real character. He has verisimilitude, as us English majors like to say. Oh, excuse but, me. Uh, <laughs> well, yes, um, yes, my red wine. Uh, cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess so. My point with that, Nick, to answer your question, is that the gameplay is so good and so addictive and so versatile that the story doesn't matter because you just want to play the game. And it's like, that that sounds weird, but when you play through the game and get in the swing of it and the rhythm of it, it's like, it's perfect. Like, you don't even want to be interrupted by story because the base gameplay is so deep and fun. You want to find those rare items, man. You get that that certain ability that you want, you got to find that certain item. It's it's really hard to explain how perfect like the looting and item and ability system is in that game, but it's it's like top two or three like ever. It is a great it's, it's a great portable game. It's a great DS. It's oh yeah, it's one of the most monumental portable games ever. But yeah, that's my very long winded cell job. I apologize all, but I love that game very very much, and I want everyone to play it. Yeah, that's. We'll get to Throw this in, in a later segment, team. but I might have to add it to my own personal list because I love tactic, the original tactics so much, and you, you, both of you guys have spoke highly of just the gameplay. So, uh, well, um, this is very cryptic because we haven't revealed that topic mm-hmm. later. In, that's later in this episode yet, but I have a, a great suggestion for that too. Okay, that I'm excited to share with you. Um, I guess I'll go next. So I, like I mentioned previously, my uh, experience with the DS is, is quite limited and not. Definitely not filled with uh, a lot of JRPGs specifically, but the one I did play quite a bit that I liked a lot, and I don't necessarily know if it fits this list super well, but I, it does in a certain way, and I'll, I'll get to that. And it's um, The World Ends With You, which is a really interesting experimental JRPG from Square Enix. And the the kind of the crux of this game is uh, you're this kid, he's kind of like a, I don't even know how you describe it, he's tr- like trendy, he always wears like these headphones and like these cool clothes and stuff like that. He he's cool Sora. He's Yeah, he looks a lot like Sora from Kingdom Hearts for sure. Um, <laughs> it's like there's there's so many like JRPG like protagonists that eventually they just start like like duplicating. They you know? just blend you just into run, each other. <laughs> run out of faces and hairstyles. 
You know, it's really funny that you say that. I remember reading a quote from Tetsuya Nomura because he does all the character designs for Square Enix. He's like, at some point, you can only do so much with hair. <laughs> at some point, they're going to have to start recycling, which I'm sure they've kind of already done. Or just get more and more and more outlandish. That, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I hope for always. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, like this... When I look at my history of playing JRPGs, I feel like there's nothing quite like The World Ends With You. And I think it's really only possible on the DS. Because the way the battles in this game work is there, there's pretty much two battles going on at the same time. There's uh, a battle going on the top screen and the bottom screen. And you control moves, uh, I think, on the bottom screen with the D-pad and moves on the top screen with the button, the face buttons. And it's like this crazy, like just mind game of having to like pay attention to both screens and making sure you're doing moves and taking care of the enemies on the screen and stuff like that. But like the story, I think the story is what really stands out to me. And like, obviously we've talked about many times that like a good story and good characters are at the core of any good JRPG. And like, you know, the, the game, the world ends with you is like, that's kind of what the story is about. It's like the world is, is what you make of it. And like the, the main character kind of, wants to just give up on things, but another character relies on him. He's like, you can't. Like, if you give up, the world literally ends because of you. So you need to, like, pull yourself up. And, like, he kind of, I don't know, he reminds me of Squall in a lot of ways. Do they kind of have to guilt him into being the hero? I mean, kind of. I don't want to give it away. Yeah, I'm just trying to guess what you're saying. But, uh, but yeah, like, they, it's more of, like, an encouraging, not, not like a guilting. It's just like, hey, man, like... You have, you have to, you, sh- you need to do this because my fate is tied to your fate, basically. Um, and yeah, it's just really cool. There's, there's a really good, like, life message tied to it, which is, sounds mm. kind of cheesy, but, um, and it's no, just really. I love that. When <clears throat> games do that right, it's, uh, it's everything. Yeah. And like, and the setting is super unique. Like, most JRPGs are kind of medieval-ish or like some weird fantastical thing, but this is set in like modern Tokyo, Shibuya. Uh, you're walking through the streets fighting these like monsters that everybody else can't see. You're the only one that can see them. And yeah. like, instead of items you collect, like gear, you have these pins, like these fashion pins and like you're representing different brands and different brands give you different abilities and stuff like that, which is again, very cool and unique. So, um, I would say this game specifically for this list because you're not going to find an experience like this on any other system because no other game, no other JRPG really takes advantage of the top and bottom screen quite like that does in the battle system. So, yeah, wow. world world's end with world, the world ends with you is my uh, my addition to this list. Awesome, man. See, I always thought of that game in terms of its story because, like, I don't know, the name is really dramatic, so it kind of makes you like think, like, what's this game about? You know, it's like you kind of don't think about the gameplay automatically, and like, plus when you talked about it, you're like, oh, the story, the story. I didn't know the battle system was that crazy like that. Yeah, it, it gets really, like, as you get further into the game, it gets kind of crazy. It gets pretty nuts. But, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good challenge for sure. Sounds awesome. Yeah. So, so my turn? Yes. What do you Bring got for it. us, Nikolai? I'm going to find, uh, pick a odd one as well. Hey, Nick, before yeah. you start. Yeah. Don't bring that weak shit, okay? It's not going to be weak. <laughs> It's just not your typical JRPG. Okay. I'm going to go All with right, bring it. Rune Factory 3. Mm, okay. Which is... Sell me. Sell me. It's Harvest Moon with JRPG aspects. So you get to grow. You grow, have a farm, upgrade, uh, upgrade your farm, you know, take care of animals and stuff like that. 
woo your waifus. And, um, and then you also, and then you also have like quests and there's like a story mode with it as well. Sorry, Nick, that needs to be your Twitter handle. Woo your waifus? Yes. You're going to have to change your Twitter handle that, but, uh, yeah. Okay. Follow Nick at woo your waifus. <laughs> Alright. Please. Okay. Please pay, pay me no mind. I'll do that. But yeah, so, it has a story and, um, and, uh, yeah. Like, I lost the aspects, right like the combat, the I quests totally and stuff. Right, yeah. So yeah, the, Sorry, I fucked you up. You man. totally threw me off. Yeah, <laughs> so there's like, there's combat now, like, uh, action RPG type of combat. And you could, um, if you b- become friends with, a with, with the townsfolk, they could join your party and help you in battle. And, um, if you like Harvest Moon, uh, you'll love this game because it has a same, it's, ex- it's like a, I could say it's better made than Harvest Moon. Like, it's a better Harvest Moon than Harvest Moon. I can attest wow. to that because there's there's just more to do. I mean, it ha- if you like Harvest Moon, everything that's in Harvest Moon is in this game. But then on top of that, there's combat. There's a little bit more structure. There's quests. It's not um, just like, hey, build up your farm, and that's how you beat the game. So I, I've played 4, which is similar, but obviously a little bit you know, further along. But 3 is... 3 is more like I play. I was... Don't do one, don't do two. Those are so archaic and like not so good. Three is like four, way better, smoother. Uh, characters are better. Excuse mm. me. And there's like secret endings and stuff like that, depending on who you woo. So it's cool oh, like nice. that. Mm, um, depending on which waifu you woo. Oh yeah, which waifu <laughs> you woo. I think is that's what you meant to say. Yeah. Because in the third one, it's only you're only a guy. I think so. And then the fourth one, you could be a girl. You can as well. choose, yeah. 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 But um. Yeah, so that's fun. That game kind of blew me away when I first played it. I remember I bought it on a whim, like, oh, I wonder what this is like. It's uh, Taylor told me it's like Harvest Moon, and then played it. I fell in love with it, bought the fourth one. That one I spent like 120 hours oh my, on. I remember you destroyed that game. I destroyed game. that game. It was just so <laughs> much fun. Holy bejesus. And, uh, yeah, it's just a really good, if you like those type of games. I mean, it's very unique taste. You need to like those type of games where it's like... 120 hours, man. Yeah. I can, I can max out Final Fantasy VIII in like 70. <laughs> Never yeah. mind, sorry. I, I know, I know. <laughs> I think I've played it twice. That's why it's 120 uh, hours. Oh, okay. So I played it once in like one one run, one like route, uh, and then I played it again with a different route. It, it is long, though. I remember I played a lot of I don't it. even think I've beaten it yet because there's like a secret third arc that oh you need to God. do. Oh, my God. And that's like impossible <laughs> to do, so I'm like, I don't even care. I beat the game. Yeah, it's done. So. Wow. Well, Nick, I mean, I think the most pow- powerful part of your cell job there is just the fact that you played it all the way through twice. So I think that says all you need to know. Yeah, it's really fun. I It's <laughs> I think I blame Taylor for this because I remember he brought over Harvest Moon one time when he slept over, and we played it, and I just and both Brian and I just fell in love with that game, and we had to buy it ourselves. So, I I'll definitely take credit for introducing my circle of friends to Harvest Moon because I I talk about this in a, a video on my personal YouTube channel. But basically, uh, I remember seeing an ad for Back to uh, not Back to Nature. Uh, it's, yeah, Back to Nature. Yeah, on PS One in a, in a magazine. And it just, I'm like, what is this? You're like farming. And it looked so different than like Final Fantasy and the games that we were playing at the time. And I remember I bought it. I was living, I was visiting a friend in North Carolina and I took it home and we played it like all night till like two in the morning. We're like, this game is amazing. It's like so different, but so fun. And then I brought it back and shared it with everybody at school and like everybody bought it. So, uh, yeah, Harvest Moon. Awesome. Boom. 
So yeah, I've always when I think of Harvest Moon, I think of you, Taylor. So I mean, that's that checks out. I'll take that as a compliment. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys have any like runner-ups? Because I do. Uh, uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I have. When I think of runner-ups, see, it's tough. I, like this week, I'll admit, I kind of thought just like the best game on DS. I wasn't thinking of like beginner-wise. That is a pretty uh, good game to start out with. It's tough. Yeah, I mean, but it, but it's that too. Uh, but like, I'd say uh, Radiant Historia is kind of a no-brainer for me. But that game is super heavy and really difficult, so it's not really good for a beginner. But still, like one of the best JRPG titles on DS, no question. Oh yeah, as I said before. Uh... Chrono Trigger. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, obviously. I can't believe we didn't mention that. I mean, that we should have just said, like, obviously Chrono Trigger's, like, one of the best ports on DS, so it's like... Totally. Um, yeah. And I would say, like, any Pokemon game, either black and white or... Yep. Is, is Heart Gold and Soul Silver on DS? Yep. Okay. You know, you know on, on DS, I, I would say... Uh, I would say Pearl... Or like whatever the pearl generation is is like pearl diamond uh, platinum is that the one? I think so. But uh, like that's probably my favorite Pokemon game out of all of them. Okay. So that that's a good one too. But I feel like picking a Pokemon game for JRPG handbook is a bit cheating. And I think I think I already did on like 3DS or something like that. So yeah. Did we? Or we also have the remakes of Final Fantasy one, two, three, and four. I think. Yeah, yeah, but those those two like. I feel like you need some RPG chops to get through the really old Final Fantasies. Definitely. Yeah, they're a little yeah. archaic for sure. <laughs> yeah, like back oh. in the day when like video games were like a newer concept, like the fact that they would just be a dick to you is like more accepted. You know, it's yeah. like people who are like coddled by games that are like actually friendly to the person playing it. Yeah, play just... this, just be like, what yeah. is this absolute bulk, like garbage? But you have to look <laughs> at it wearing like the glasses, you know, the the, uh, the time travel glasses that take you back to. Right. The context when it came out, and if you do that, like you, there's legitimate enjoyment to be found in those old games, like tons. I'll also submit uh, to the panel for approval is uh, Final, or not Final Fantasy, uh, Dragon Quest Nine. That was uh, also made by Level Five, and apparently it's the, if I remember right, it's the best-selling game in the series. Uh, it sold like <laughs> crazy in Japan. It's certainly the best-selling game uh, in the West. Um, but uh yeah no certainly it's so so does that just make it like the de facto like best title in the series uh i i i would say eight is like for western role-playing fans i I would say eight is probably your entryway but nine is it just didn't catch on uh it didn't i think there were just so many ds's that system is like the second best-selling system of all time next to ps2 or something like that um, which point. is ironic because Dragon Quest VIII was on PS2, but I, I don't know. I don't have a good reason why it didn't sell as much. <laughs> well, well, I think Dra- Dragon Quest VIII came out late in the life of the PS2. Maybe even like when the PS3 was like already out. I'm kind of like just guessing by feel. I don't have the numbers in front of me. Also, but. I think it's the first actual Dragon Quest game in called Dragon Quest in America. Yeah, they were all the previous ones were Dragon Warrior, so that was the first. Right, quest. but. Uh, but yeah, no, definitely. If you've never picked up a DS uh, and you need some good JRPGs, these are all great games. Uh, you can play DS games on your 3DS. If you have a 3DS, you can just pop those suckers right in. And uh, and if yeah. you didn't know that, God help you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, uh, yeah, the DS is a freaking treasure trove for JRPGs, which some may not know. So. And this is uh, I'll just throw one last one in there because uh, why not? It, it's it's an import game, and you not everybody will be able to enjoy it. But there is a version of Nino Kuni on DS that was the original game, 
Uh, and like, you know how in the game, like Oliver draws the spells. Yeah. You had to actually draw the spells on the bottom screen and stuff like that. Um, oh, oh yeah. You were telling me about that. That's so crazy, man. I got to get that. And what's really neat is you can actually do that region free. Like if you import it, you can play a Japanese DS game on an American 3DS. Cause I've done that yep. before. Um, mm. normally Nintendo region locks all the games, which sucks. But, uh, in that particular instance, you can, uh, you can actually go ahead and do that. That's the only reason why I didn't say a Tales game, because all the Tales games are in Japanese. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, I have one last addendum to this topic. Yeah, no, please. Uh, well, it's kind of like an asterisk almost, because I mentioned before that there's the Final Fantasy XII continuation that takes place right after the events of that game called Final Fantasy XII Revenant Wings that's on DS. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really, really want to play it because I heard it's a strategy RPG. Like, that's basically the events of Final Fantasy XII, a game that I love, but continued. Yeah. Except the catch is I haven't beaten Final Fantasy XII yet a decade later because it's a long story. I'm a fool. But I have a cooperative file going with friend of the podcast, Casey Hollingsworth, and we haven't been able to make much headway on it. But I can't play that game until I beat Final Fantasy XII. Just for obvious reasons, if it can t- takes place directly after the events of 12. So once I beat that game, I'm going to get Revenant Wings and play the crap out of it and definitely give my thoughts. So I look forward to that. It, I was thinking it might be a good entry on this list just because it seems like such a great game, but I haven't played it. So that would be a bit ridiculous. <laughs> Golden Sun? I mean, I, I hadn't heard of it before, so... The reality of it being like a piece of shit like exists, but but I'm praying that's not the case. Yeah, a possibility, you but said, you never know. You said Golden Sun though, Taylor. Uh, Nick did. Yeah, he. I have oh. never played a Golden Sun, but I think have either of you guys? No, I've yeah, never. You, I remember you gifted me Dark Dawn like a couple of oh, years ago, right, actually, yeah. and I I got about halfway through it, and it was a really solid game. I can't remember. Uh, did, did I lose my copy of it? I can't remember what happened to it. But, yeah, it's, I mean, by all accounts, a great series. Cool. Uh, well, so our next little topic is I had a, an epiphany, and I, I hinted at this to Connor before the podcast, so he doesn't know completely what, I, what I'm trying to go for here. But um, essentially, I, I started making this list. I, I was watching a little show called My Name is Earl. And uh, for people oh, that have never watched dude. the show, it's about this guy who's a total dirtbag, and he, all he does is bad things. And he feels like karma is just like trying to kill him. So what he does is he makes a, ba- a list of all the bad things he's ever done. And he, he's trying to essentially right all his wrongs and just make up for every bad thing he's done on this list. So in a similar but not as drastic fashion, I made in my... Much less redneck fashion. Yeah, <laughs> that too. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I made a list of all the games that I either started and never finished or games that were, that I'm like, I can't believe I've just never played this game. Like, I absolutely need to play this game. And I believe the final count is 27 games when me and Nick went over it. And so my goal with this list. Jesus or, H. Christ. Originally, originally my goal was, okay, starting in 2017, I'm not going to buy any new games with the exclusion of Persona 5 because it's Persona 5, uh, until I completely clear this backlog of games. And I guess the only other exceptions would be if I don't own those games and I would have to buy them. Um, or if there's like a better version, which I'll, I'll get to. Um, so I just kind of quickly want to run down the list and Nick had one addendum and I said, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I, I mentioned before, I have an idea for this activity too. Okay. So I'll just, unfortunately I don't have the list in front of me, but I re- almost remember it completely in my head. Uh, so I'll go 
from the oldest system to the newest. Um, on Super Nintendo, I really want to beat uh, Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past, mm. Final Fantasy VI, and um, Chrono Trigger. I've never played Chrono Trigger ever. I thought uh, you were going to say Earthbound. You, you know, that was a, a game I was considering putting on this list, but I decided not to just yet because none of us and like, or anybody I really know in my circle of friends has ever played that game or has any in, uh, affinity for it. And I don't really mm-hmm. either. Like I, I always hear hype for it, but I never really understood it. So maybe like once I get to the bottom of this list and I, I and I'm like, okay, maybe I should finally get around to playing it. But you know, potentially that is a, that is a game to add at some point in the future. Totally um, fair. That's a great three, though. Yeah, and I was also considering putting Super Metroid, but I again, I don't really care. None of us really ever played it. Uh, I have. Mm-hmm. Oh, you have? Oh. That, would, that would just be like for more of like knowledge of video game history, I would assume. Yeah. Um. So PlayStation 1, this is where it starts to get really hefty. So I have yeah. Final Fantasy IX, Chrono Cross, Xenogears. You never beat that? No, I've never beat that. No, never beat Chrono Cross. Oh wow, I totally thought you had. I guess it's just the music you're crazy about. Huh? I love, dude. I love the music. <laughs> you have no idea. Actually, you do. Well, I mean, I, I ain't even mad at that. I just, just thought you'd put, you'd beaten it too. No. Um. Yeah. So it's Final Fantasy IX, Chrono Cross, um, uh, Xeno Gears. Never beat Xeno Gears. Um. Never completely got through Sui Coden Two. Um. What was it? There was another one I had on the tip of my tongue. Uh. Oh, Tales of Destiny. Yeah, I never beat Tales of Destiny. Um, gosh, there's so many other like Square Enix games. I'm trying to think Dude, of other ones. This is gonna be awesome, Taylor. Yeah, no, it's gonna be great to just go back through the, um, yeah, just to go through this backlog. Uh, Legend of Mana was another one that like I looked up screenshots and like, wow, this game is just gorgeous. But I've never played Secret of Mana or Legend of Mana, so that's like another one where I'm just like, it'd be fun Whatever. to go back. Um, and, uh, I, which is the Super Nintendo one? I think Secret of Mana is the Super that Nintendo one. That game's great. I played the crap out of that one. That might be a game to add on my on my Super Nintendo list. Because that's like I'm like cross Chrono Trigger with Legend of Zelda, and that's Secret of Mana. Wow! Like it's, imagine like Chrono uh, Trigger like graphics, you know? Mm-hmm. Except instead of turn based battles, you just run around slashing fools. Nice. And there's like you can use like a sword, a spear, an axe, like all this. It's totally like. Awesome game, but continue. Cool. Um, I think I only have, I have three others. Uh, Lunar 2, um, Mega God. Man Legends, and then I think this is just for posterity's sake, just for knowledge of gaming. Uh, Metal Gear Solid. I've never played Metal Gear Solid, ever. Mm. Um, so that's PS1. Uh, PS2, uh, This is again, this is a really long list of games. So I've got uh, Dark Cloud, Rogue Galaxy, Final Fantasy X, Final Fantasy uh, Twelve. Uh, Dragon Quest Eight, um, Persona Three, which is funny because I've gotten to the final boss and not beat him, so I might just boot up my old file and see if I can beat it. <laughs> yeah, I think you. I think you can say you beat it, other than just like you just like YouTube the like what happens after you beat the boss. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I think because you've sung its praises from atop the highest mountains, I uh, wanted to add uh, Radio Stories as well. Hmm. Okay thought that might pop up uh, i feel like there's others that i'm forgetting but oh no tales of the abyss never beat tales of the abyss okay um there's i think there's a tales game on pretty much every system <laughs> yeah um i'm trying to think i mean i showed this list to nick i mean speak up nick if i'm leaving anything off is there anything that i do you think i'm forgetting 
it was a Harvest Moon game. Oh yeah, uh, Harvest Moon, uh, Save the Homelands. That was, again, that was like a personal thing where I, like, I had played a lot of it and just never finished it. I kind of just wanted to get back around to that one and finish it. See, the funny thing is that this list, I'm gonna add a lot to it. <laughs> because, yeah. No. I, I, I no. have a feeling that he's gonna look at my, my collection and he's gonna be like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Probably. Oh yeah. But but this list mainly consists of games that I've started and never finished, and I'm just like, I just gotta get back and finish these games. Um, mm-hmm. and so as these well, systems go on, there's gonna be fewer and fewer games on them. So the next couple I'll just blow through. Um, PS3, really the only two games I have on there are Tales of Graces F and Valkyria Chronicles. Both games I loved, I just didn't finish for whatever well, reason. And now there's the HD remaster of Valkyria Chronicles. Right. So I think that would probably be the version I'll play because I, I looked on my shelf and I don't have it. I must have sold it at some point. I don't know when. Um, I think you did. Well, Taylor, I can lend you my copy of uh, Final Fantasy X Remaster for PS4 as well. Oh, cool. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, I think you sold it because you were going to get the remake and you didn't get the remake. I think that's exactly what happened. <laughs> um, on 3DS, I really only have two games, uh, Fire Emblem Fates. It's another one of those things where I'm like pretty much at the end of the game. I just didn't go ahead and beat it. Um, okay. And... Uh, Weirdly enough, uh, there's a Professor Layton game. It's the last one in the series. I've beat all of the other ones, and I just, for whatever reason, it's kind of fallen to the wayside. Never got around to it. Um, and then, of course, for Vita, we got Trails of Cold Steel one and two because Nick will never shut up about it until I beat him. Um, uh, make sure that's last on the list, just to spite him. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, that's pretty much it. So you said, oh, Nick, you forgot Trails of the Sky. Oh yeah, I had Trails of the Sky in the Sky second chapter because I played the first one and. and the second one took its merry time to come out, and I kind of just didn't care when it came out. So, um, but yeah, that's that's my list. I really want to try to beat those and just really, because final like a lot of those games I just really love, like Final Fantasy IX Chrono Cross. You know, I just want to start knocking some of these off and say, like, yes, I beat them. I never have to like worry about well, well, them well, haunting Taylor, my I, past. Taylor, I have to say, when you were going through like the Super Nintendo and like the PS One list mm-hmm. like you were basically just running the gauntlet of like my favorite games of all time <laughs> yeah i, I figured as much pretty awesome man okay so nick you had an idea for this well yeah but first i want to know what brought this on is this kind of random i mean i've done this mm-hmm. i've been doing this yeah uh was i any no that's <laughs> Nick, he's like, I've been doing this all along because I'm a better person. Did you want to be more like me? No, 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 because I, I started doing this <laughs> this yeah. year. Yeah. And, so bitch. And I was wondering if, like, because I kept nagging him that, you know. I mean, a little bit. I think it was a combination of both of you guys. Like, like Connie, you were commenting, like, I bought this Sonic game for 3DS, and it's like you were saying how weird it was that I would start a JRPG and then in the middle buy all these weird side games and just never finish the games that I really care about. So... It just, I was starting to look at, like, I just started thinking about these games that I've never beat and I love, and I was just like, I want to complete the love. I, I really, some of these games, unbelievably, I've been able to stay spoiler free on. I have no idea how Final Fantasy IX ends. I have no idea how Final Fantasy XII ends. I have no idea how Chrono Cross ends. Like, I don't know how I managed to stay spoiler free all these years, but well, it'll be I, great. Actually, to... I have a great hypothesis on why you have. Why is that? Because all of the endings of all those stories like take like two hours to explain. <laughs> <laughs> and I really want to finish Xenogears because that's another game that you really just rave about. And, it, and it's a game that I... It's not that I never enjoyed it. I just need to put the time in and, and just do it. 
Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited. Like, again, there's a bunch of games I've been looking forward to for a really long time that are coming out this year, like Final Fantasy 15, Last Guardian, Gravity Rush, and of course we have Persona 5 early next year, but I really just, yeah, I just, like, almost felt guilty that I was adding all these games to my shelf, but never finishing the games I actually care about. And mm-hmm. so I just want to be able to finally say, okay, I beat these games, and, uh, because I, I really almost, in a weird way, want to be some kind of JRPG aficionado at saying I, I've beat all the greats going back to Super Nintendo all the way to That's modern why day. We created this podcast, right? Oh man, right. I love this man. I'm I'm about all this. You're inspiring me to do the same as you, Taylor. I want to make my own list. God damn it. <laughs> well, and also to be completely honest, like it's just a great way to save money because I have a lot of these games that I could just like, all right, let's pop out Final Fantasy IX and just finish that one. Let's pop out Chrono Cross, knock that one out. So okay, it's like, it's like, well, read, it's like reading a book. Yeah, so it's like if that's your book. Yeah. You go, I want to, I want, I want to sit down and knock a few chapters out of this. Yep. Yeah, it'd be like my mom just slammed through those books. Totally. Man, she's, she's a beast. But, uh, okay, so I don't want to get too sentimental here, but I'm so stoked about this, Taylor, because I think some of these games, like, cause there was a point when you were listing off your whole, uh, your whole list there that I was just like, wow, four of those games you just listed in a row have, like, some of the most insane endings and, like, just, like, emotional journeys that, like, I could, I don't know, that I've ever been through in, like, you know, a piece of media like that. And so I think, like, you know, this, if you follow through with this and beat these games, I think it could, like, change you as a gamer, you know, it could, like, really, the way you look at RPGs. It's like, I don't mean to be too extreme there, but, like, these are some of the best games of all time you were just listing off. Like, it'll, they're going to have an impact on you, man. It's going to be great. Yeah, and I almost feel like... No, yeah, no, I, I really hope, like, I, I want to get those, those feels that hit you right in the heart, you know, like with old Final Fantasy, like when you beat it, it's just like, oh man, what an epic adventure that I finally completed and went on. And, and almost like, I know Nick kind of makes fun, it was almost Nick poking fun. I don't think he was really serious, but I really do kind of want to have my attention span expand a little bit. Cause like, instead of just playing action games, which I love. But to be able to be like, okay, you can sit down and play a game that's a little grindy like Dragon Quest, like Lunar 2 and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. uh, also appreciate, you know, more modern kind of updated, refined games. So. Yeah. And th- there's satisfaction in like really like d- going to a game that's like outdated. I mean, outdated is such a like a naughty word. So ignore that. But like an older game and like playing it like on its terms and not trying to think of it as like oh wow like this is so this is this or that you know and kind of like going in without all those kind of like preconceived notions about how it should be right it's like you can really have tons of fun mm-hmm. yeah and i think i might start the ball rolling with like some of these games that are a little bit shorter like i was looking up some of the play times like i didn't realize Mega Man legends was as short as it was it's like a 10 hour game if that oh you can knock that out in a day i nearly have before um yeah so definitely that's kind of which one I want to talk about, and I'll be excited to like you know start crossing these games off my list. And like like I said, some of them I can do quickly because I have files near the end of the game. I just have to finish them. So, so all right, for sure. Well, let me throw out my idea before we move on. We'll do it quickly. Yeah, because I know we're we're you know running running on the clock here. But uh, I was thinking, out of all the games on your list, me and Nick shouldn't be able to add any because I don't think that's our place. But I think me and Nick should each get three or maybe one or two like stars that we can put next to games where like those have to like be higher up on your priority list where like we think like those like those are the best ones that you're missing out on right and so 
Obviously, like for example, obviously, like my first star I'd give you is probably Xenogears. Like a, you should play that first. It's yeah. Great. And then I'd probably put another one on like Lunar Two or Final Fantasy Nine. No, nine. Like I almost feel like nine has to be the first one I do. Like that game, I've started so many times and not finished. Like it's eluded me for years. And yeah. I, I, that one, I think that's the one I most want to cross off of all of these. Like it has to be nine. And then for me personally, I think um, Chrono Cross is right under that. For sure. Well, the interesting thing about nine is it's one of those Final Fantasy games where you know you know how most of them kind of have that moment. Or that big event in the story where the kind of the timber and the feel of the story kind of shifts mm-hmm. to like usually to a little darker and more serious. Yeah. And, uh, like in the best way. And it's like Final Fantasy IX is one of those games where that, that doesn't happen until pretty late in the game. And so I feel like that whole shift is like such a huge part of like the end results, what you get from that game that like if you haven't got to that point and experienced kind of that shift into like the, I don't know, what's the word to describe it? The more complicated, you know, parts of the story, mm-hmm. then it's like you your conception of the game is a little different because that's like really where the whole game is setting you up and then it knocks you out of the park like then, you know? Sure. So it's like if you don't get to that part, it's like it could be a misrepresentation of the final product. Yeah, and I'm excited to get there with nine specifically because it is such a lighthearted, fun, jolly game. So for it I can't wait for how it turns in a dark way. I don't know how it could yeah. possibly do that, but I'm excited to find it out. Gets, it gets scary, man. It gets freaky. It's so pretty great. Ditto him mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. the game that I've been telling you to play for a long time. Oh, Tales of Destiny? Okay. Yeah, Tales of Destiny. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so well, Nick, you, well, get, well, you, you get two stars you can, that you can highlight so that he has to prioritize. I, Tales of Destiny and no, what else? No, not Tales of Destiny. Really? No. Tales you, of Cold you, Steel. You need to do Cold Steel. Uh-huh. It's just, it's just a so thing. that's one. And what would be the other? Don't say too, too Cold Steel two. Do cold Steel two. Yeah. Okay. Cold Steel. Okay. If you do, be, if you do, if you do Cold Steel one, mm-hmm. you will automatically want to go to Cold Steel two. Okay. Two. I I can tell you that. Okay. Um, I could tell you that right now. Yeah. Because I, I, because I, I, the way it ends, you would just want to continue. Uh, sure. Um, you're such a fiend. I would say Tales of Destiny. Uh huh. Because it's get that over with, so you can start with your other Tales games. Because as I said before. You want to start with that one and then go with the work your way up, and then yeah. graces because the battle systems improve so much mm-hmm. that if you do graces first, you will not want to play the other ones. Okay, yeah, I, I almost might pull a Maddie. I know Nick's bro- uh, sister Maddie did something in similar, not all the way back to Destiny, I don't think, but she just she's kind m- of scared to do those. Oh, uh, huh, that's weird. I I have a lot of fun. Like there's there's n- enough nostalgia with Destiny. That I could go back and play it and have it not feel archaic because I remember playing it a lot. I just never finished it. So, anyway, just don't get Connor to rub his, uh, rub it in your face that he got Phoenix before you. <laughs> <laughs> I will forever be better than both of you. I don't want you never to forget it. I just remember going to his house when uh during his sleepover and he was like, "Hey Nick, check this out." And like Stan just turns into like a giant flaming bird and crows across the screen. And I'm like, oh my god! Torches everything. <laughs> yeah, you're flipping out, dude. Because like the the whole thing with getting Phoenix was like you have to get to level like 50 or 60, and you have to have the giant disc. And like I remember, there was three of us who were playing the game. You, me, and Travis. And like you got to like level 50 or 60 or whatever, and Travis got the giant disc, but I was the only one who got both. 
So how, how did up. you guys know that that was the thing? Did somebody have the strategy guide? PSM, baby. Yeah. Ah, we, yeah, PSM. We had the, we had the intel. Nice. <laughs> so I'm like, this was clearly before the age of like online walkthroughs and stuff like that. But uh, well, yeah, there was like, I mean, the internet was around, but it wasn't at the point where it's like there's answers to everything you want to know yet. You yeah. know? The internet back then was sign in for about five minutes and then talk to random people on uh, AOL. Yeah. yeah chat, <laughs> chat rooms for days, dude. Oh my god. Dude, you remember when we used to just like pretend we were just random ass people on chat rooms, just troll everyone when we were, like <laughs> eleven years old? Yeah. Well, I mean, we probably weren't actually trolling them. There's probably just a bunch of people going like, "Wow, this these eleven year olds should probably shut the hell up and get out of the chat room." <laughs> yep. Pretty, pretty much. Uh, but God, it was funny to us. Anyways, uh, so I think it's about time to move on to our final segment. Another fantastic reader question. This is a it's a bit of a long one, so get comfortable, get cozy. Uh, continuation. Yeah, Nick cracked his neck really loud just right. now. <laughs> Jeez. Let me get get help, sir. Get help. The year is 2022. <gasps> Last year, Hiro Yu- Hiroyuki Ito. Hang on. Let me do the music. Hiro. No, don't do that. No, <laughs> that would throw me off. <laughs> Hiroyuki Ito unveiled Final Fantasy 16. Set in a medieval post-apocalyptic world where Moogles have inherited the planet. Zerus Mogstorm, a young Moogle, uncovers a plot to resurrect the evil Hume race with ancient advanced technology. Final Fantasy XVI was a huge financial success. And as the trio who led its development, your superiors at Square Enix have tasked you with a new project. That trio being us, for anyone who didn't listen to the last episode. (laughs) Yeah. We d- we designed this last episode, and yeah, continue. Yep. You all have been asked to make a JRPG out of a non-RPG franchise. You are brought into a conference room with representatives from Capcom, Namco Bandai, Sega, and all other Japanese companies. Square's own Western French Square's own Western franchises may also be used. Each of you must pitch your own idea, choose a Japanese-owned non-RPG franchise, and tell the group. How you plan to alter it into a JRPG? Good luck, gentlemen. Holy Ian crap! At Alexander Arts. <laughs> oh man, I wish uh, some preparation time would have been nice on this one. I was going to, <laughs> to you. We were like, no, do it, do it live. Yeah, I didn't realize I was going to have. Oh, yeah, I gotta think about this one. Well, me and Nick oh, can go first if uh, if you want to have a little more time to. Or I could pause this oh, right now. Do you, 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 you want to just do it, it individual on this one, or do you want to try to get to consensus? Here? Oh no, no we no, just do all, our own. We're all supposed to be do our own. Oh, okay, okay, I like it. All right, go ahead. So I, I know there's been RPG-ish games in this universe, but traditionally, like as far as video games go, this has mainly been a. Uh, fighting game franchise and i want to do nick nick scoffing because that was going to be his answer wasn't it i'll, I'll shift it i'll let nick take this one you go ahead oh, man. no oh, okay no. i was gonna take so much joy from you sniping him <laughs> all right so i want to make a dragon ball z jrpg yeah. oh my god quick scope that fool <laughs> oh that wasn't it oh okay nick it wasn't what nick was thinking he he uh-huh. he uh did a little uh, sweat wipe across the forehead. <laughs> <laughs> Will victory fist pump? Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, they've, they've hinted at like RPG-ish things, but I think it'd be fun to have like an open world Dragon Ball Z game where there's like quests and, um, I don't know what the, 
the story or what the villain would be, but it'd be kind of one of those things where you get to create your own character and he's like under the guise of like the Z warriors. Like he's like a, like a pupil of Goku's or something like that. And, you know, maybe you're going off to different planets to save them or, or maybe the, the goal is to collect all the Dragon Balls and eat at each Dragon Ball. There's like a set boss battle or something like that. But I think it'd be, oh, it'd make for a great action RPG with, uh, you know, a cool story. Uh, and I, I like that world. I like that art style. Um, and I think it could be done well. And it, I, it'd be cool to have that, that world fleshed out in a JRPG like way. I wouldn't make it action. I would make it like Chrono Trigger battle system. Oh, like, I never. I don't know how that works. How does the Chrono Trigger battle system work? Kind of like I am Setsuna. Oh, okay. So it's turn turn based. Turn based, and but with do, combo text. You can do combo text and stuff like that. Oh, actually, that would be cool. When your characters have their turns together, you know they can do specialized combinations of their tech attacks. And then you can do like their limit breaks, which are like their ultimate going techniques. Super Saiyan. Oh, that'd be that'd be cool. Like a, a certain point oh, in the plot, yeah. you fit, you some somebody dies or something happens, and you can go Super Saiyan, and you get all these new abilities. Krillin dies again. Again, <laughs> you know, it'd be great. You know, it'd be great. Actually, introduce like a skill element to kind of make it still a tiny bit actiony. Or like, if you go in to do like, say, like your limit break or something, you go in and you do like a five punch combo where you have to punch in the buttons. You know, like square, square, circle, circle, X, or like something like you know, in the rhythm of the combo, and then you do Ooh. some super attack or something. Yeah, I like that. Weave in some like reaction type stuff, a la Dragoon. Yeah, no, I, and that and that would fit right in line with, you know, how the, the fighting game, Dragon Ball Z games go. Like, you know, you bounce all over the screen in the air and like doing quick time events and stuff like that. So exactly. Um, I, I remember just as a kid, you know, being in eighth grade watching Dragon Ball Z and still being like right in the heart of my love for JRPGs. I'm like, man, it would have been awesome to have a Dragon Ball Z JRPG. So that would be my dream as far as like pitching it to other Japanese companies. I'm, I'm trying to think of any other Japanese RPGs I would want would be from a traditional RPG house. So I'm like, well, that's fine. I'll just do Dragon Ball Z. So. Word. Well, Taylor, I have just like three or four tiny piss droplets to rain on your parade. Okay. Uh, there was a Dragon Ball Z JRPG on Game Boy Advance. I played it and beat it called Boo's Fury, and it was fabulous. But I think you would do a much better job. Okay. Well, good to know. <laughs> it would be awesome to it have wasn't, a- It wasn't... It yeah. wasn't the... A JRPG in the traditional sense, it was like you know, like a little DS shoot off. So to have like a a triple A Dragon Ball Z JRPG title would indeed be unprecedented. Totally. Uh, yeah, Boo's Fury was tight. If I, anyone put that. Uh, well, maybe I'll have to I'll have to check that out. Um, I think I know what Nick's gonna say because he he looked really worried, and then as soon as I hit Dragon Ball Z, I'm like, oh, I know what Nick wants. So. Nick, why don't you, or are we going to toss it to Connor, maybe? All right. I, no, I have a guess, too. I mean, I have mine decided, so I'm good to go whenever, but uh, I have a guess as well at Nick's, but I want to hear his. But I want to hear yours. Uh, you guys say it at the what? same time. What? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I'm in San Francisco and you're in San Jose, I can't exactly Rochambeau you, so. Um, Anyways, whatever. I'll go first. I'm going to be pretty short with mine. Okay. So, I... Hmm. This is something that me and Casey uh, Hollingsworth, again, friend of the podcast, often say that one of the best and most underutilized settings for games, particularly in like a horror setting mm-hmm. and and like in a JRPG setting as well, is just like feudal Japan, you know, samurais, uh, ninjas, what have you. I mean, I'm not a historian on the subject. I don't know if those two things exist at the same time, but, you know, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. So... The, the game series that I 
would transform into a JRPG. It is a Capcom game, so I think that fits the uh, requirements. Is Oni Musha? Yeah, that would be awesome. I would just love to, you know, be in a classic heart-pounding turn-based boss battle with some hulking giant samurai demon possessed by Satan's ball sack. Like, you know, <laughs> like using my limit breaks and all the last of my potions and barely beating him with my last basic attack after all my mana is, you know, expended. Like, uh, totally. I just love the samurai style and especially like me, I always loved what Onimushi did with just turning like that whole setting into a horror game, which is really needs to be done again. I think someone really needs to revisit the Onimushi series. But hey, if I have my pick, that the person revisiting that series will be me, and it will be spooky as all hell, and it will be an RPG, and it will be great. I've always thought like a JRPGs or just RPGs in general should tackle like a, a, like a darker kind of scary mood i think that'd be so awesome i think that again that kind of circles back to around to why i like bloodborne so much and i i love that idea Connor. that's super cool and and honestly like as weird as this sounds i feel like the fueled japan setting is like kind of criminally underused when it comes to jrpgs because i can't it's not so silly it, it's it seems like a like no-brainer slam dunk but i can't but there's think... always like a uh jap a classic japanese level in JRPGs, there's always that. Yeah, like Yuffie's hometown of Final Fantasy VII and, and things right. of that nature. I... But uh, yeah, there's never like the entire game is like that. And I, I've always wanted a game like that. And everybody keeps saying like, "Oh, make the next Assassin's Creed in feudal Japan." Like, come on, it's a no-brainer. But they never do. Well, it. there's some really, there's some really cool themes that like kind of are common in those kind of settings that would be great in RPGs too that are kind of underutilized. But mm-hmm. uh, this is also one of those topics where. I could probably think of like four or five other really, really awesome picks for this if I had if I had more time, but I'm really satisfied with Onimusha. So. Yeah, no, that's a great pick. All right, Nick. All right. Unveil your master JRPG plan here. Okay. <laughs> I sense an eye roll with that. <laughs> so takes place in the future. Uh-huh. You dun, dun, dun. are a raven. And the world. Yes. This is not what I thought. (laughs) This is not what I thought. You are a raven, and the 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 corporations that hire you are out to get you. So, you are trying to survive, trying to create a home base for you. You're trying to save the Raven's Ark. The battle system will be like a Valkyrie profile. Mm, okay. Where you you're you could have te- you have teammates that you have, so you do like different combos to like uh, different button presses to do combos with for, your weapons. To be clear, for the people that don't know what you're talking about, you're talking about armored core, right? Armored core, okay. yes. Just I'm to be clear, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, some people are like, "I'm a raven and you're a bird." Yeah. <laughs> what the hell is this Ar- bullshit? <laughs> Ravens are a mercenary group in armored core. Okay, it's and, the most uh, unscrupulous sons of bitches on this side of the galaxy. Yep. So you do like each button press, like you shoot your car saw into the air and knocks the gu- and knocks the MT, the enemy, into the air, and then you get uh, press it like circle, and then the AC behind you shoots like a large rocket to knock him back even higher in the air, and then and then you could like if you like hold R one and then hit that same button, he'll use like his back weapon instead of his right weapon. Exactly. So, so you, you can have multiple options for each one. Do combos and stuff like that. You got some good ideas, I hear you. And then, yeah, so, like, the whole thing is about customizing your, your cores, d- different weapons do different uh, 
do different techniques. So, like, one launches them in the air, one knocks them down. You could do, like, a moonlight slash that does a buttload of damage, but that's all you could do. You could have, like, spacing be part of the system, too, where you have to be, like, in close range to use, uh, like, a laser blade or shotgun, whereas you could safely be in the back with, like, some vertical missiles or something. Exactly. And, like, you have, like, your arc... And then you could, like, find, like, during your missions, you could, like, save people and recruit them. So, like, they add on to your your base. So you could, like, they could create better weapons for you. Or you could, like, have, like, a training room where you could train and stuff like that. Just finding these people would be able to uh, make your base better and make you as a whole better. Wow, you really thought this out. I wish I, wish I like, thought about the actual system of mine. You got this nailed. Yeah. Clearly, he's thought about this a lot. I thought I have sh- not. I just thought about it right now. Actually. Oh wow, cool. I thought for sure when I was saying fighting games, you wanted to do a Street Fighter JRPG. I was thinking about doing a Street Fighter RPG. <laughs> I thought uh, it was gonna be Tekken. I was go- I was going to make it like a Tales of system. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. But I was like, that's too obvious. I'm gonna do something completely <laughs> different. Okay. Went to Armored Core. I like it though. That would be tight though. Cool. Uh, well, once again, Alexander Arts, thank you for the question. Always uh, some creative, uh, interesting ideas. Uh, yeah, and if you ever want to submit a question to us, you can uh, submit it to uh, ask. Is it Ask Giant Sword? Ask Giant Sword at gmail dot com, or you can hit uh, hit us up at LHG Channel on Twitter and submit questions. So uh, always welcome, always appreciated. Boom. Also, one add-on that I could throw in is kind of dovetails on Animusha a little bit. Resident Evil RPG. That's what I thought at first. That's actually. what we both were looking at each other like, ah, oh, it's going to be Resident Evil. But that, I think that would also be, because <laughs> if you think about it, like, Parasite Eve 1 is a kind of a, an RPG way more than the second one. The second one's just straight up a Resident Evil clone. But the first one has some RPG elements. And it'd be kind of cool to have uh, you know, a Resident Evil game with, uh, with that in mind as well. Aw, uh, yeah. All right, so is that it, guys? I think yeah, that's, I think that's uh, a that's a meaty episode right it was there. Was a meaty One episode. Extra minutes, or maybe we should uh, just cut out this last last fifteen minutes and put it behind the paywall. This is premium content. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to unlock the true ending of our podcast, pay fifteen bucks now. <laughs> but everyone, just thank, kidding. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe on our YouTube channel. And if you're listening on iTunes, give us a review. It'll help us out greatly. And if you didn't know we're on iTunes, we're on iTunes. Just search Giant Sword Podcast. And follow us on social media at the Last Son- or Last Honest Gamers on Facebook, LHG Channel on Twitter, and Last Honest Gamers on YouTube. Man, that was a really smooth delivery. Yeah, I was because I keep because we used to have an old name and I have, <laughs> still have that memorized, so I keep saying that. Because I changed them all to match. Drugs are bad, okay? Yes, they okay. are. But yeah, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you next week on the Giant Sword Podcast. Boogly!